Well, let's get it going. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and God willing, there's going to be college football this fall. I'll get into more of what's going on here coming up, but uh, boy, oh boy. At this point, a conference schedule. Guess I'll take it. But it doesn't have to be this way. It really doesn't. And before we get to the biggest topics in the Big 12 this week, a reminder, guys, please take a moment out. Leave us that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get the koozie in the mail for you guys. That's Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. But let's start off the show, and I hope you're doing well, and uh, we appreciate you joining us each and every week. Let's start off with the most important game for each team in the Big 12 this fall. And it was always going to lean to a conference game. But now I only picked conference games for very obvious reasons. So let's dive into that and go in alphabetical order here on the show. We'll start with the Baylor Bears. To me, the most important game for Baylor is going to be on Halloween when they go on the road to take the Texas Longhorns on in Austin. So, This is basically the halfway mark of the season for Baylor. And we'll have a pretty good idea. Is this the team of last year that won a lot of close games? Or is this team going to take a step back because that luck might have run out? And, you know, I don't say that Baylor, I mean, Baylor was uh, an overtime away from being in a college football playoff. So I'm not taking anything away from the Baylor Bears, but they got a lot of bounces, right? They won a lot of those close games that can go either way. You can't expect that to happen year in, year out. You cannot expect it to happen. So losing that rule, new staff, turnover there. Uh, what is this team going to be? Does it enter the final month of the season as a contender for the Big 12 or not? Uh, we'll know a lot more after that Baylor at Texas game on Halloween this fall. For Iowa State, the most important game is at Oklahoma State early in the season, October 10th. Uh, these are two teams trying to be the challenger to OU in the Big 12 this fall. And whoever wins this game is going to have a leg up in that race. Uh, Iowa State should have a couple of Big 12 wins under its belt at this point, taking on Texas Tech and KU. So this is our first chance to see if the ball is going to bounce Iowa State's way this year in close games. Because last year, Iowa State, the opposite of Baylor, really, struggled in those spots if they go to Stillwater and get it done they've got OU on deck so it's a hell of a two-week stretch for the Cyclones but because the Iowa game has been canceled uh, because the Big Ten decided no conference games which so you're telling me for the Big Ten Iowa can play Rutgers but Iowa can't play Iowa State because of safety gee that makes a hell of a lot of sense right you have brilliant minds there in the Big Ten way to go Jim Delaney you guys are just Holier than thou geniuses. Um, so this is really going to be the first tough game for Iowa State and seeing what this team is going to be this fall. The most important game for the KU Jayhawks is at K-State also that same day, October 10th. And that's because, you know, KU, if you get a couple of Big 12 wins, it's a success this year. But we'll know based on this game what kind of improvements Les Miles' team will have made. It's a rivalry matchup, and you win those games, you know, the program can start to turn things around. Last year wasn't close. K-State blasted KU 38-10. So K-State's going to be a favorite, but K-State could take a step back this year. So this might be one of KU's better chances at a conference win. 
you get it against a rival early in the season, and just maybe, 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 Les Miles gets this team um, with some unexpected momentum throughout 2020. For K-State, the most important game this fall, at West Virginia, September 26th. You might say, geez, weird choice. K-State at West Virginia is the most important game of the year? Yeah. Because I have no idea what the hell Chris Kleiman is going to do this year. No idea after eight wins last year. You know, the one thing that Kleiman is going to struggle with, not struggle with, but what makes his job difficult is that he did exceed expectations last year. I thought for K-State last year, five, six wins. If they get to bowl eligibility, big win. Uh, way to go, K-State. Eight wins, including a victory over OU. Now he loses some key pieces, turning over the entire offensive line, and he got an early season game at West Virginia. By the way, the Mountaineers are going to try to obviously be improved in year two under Neil Brown. And this will tell us, is this a K-State team that can maybe reach that eight-win mark again, or is this going to be a, a step back in year two? This game will be telling early on for Kansas State. For the Oklahoma Sooners, most important game for OU. Well, it's the obvious one, right? OU, Texas, October 10th. By the way, three of the last four games we've listed are on October 10th, so make sure you circle the calendar, and if you have a wedding that day, uh, try to get out of it, all right? <laughs> so OU, Texas, it's obvious, right? I mean, Texas is going to be one of the top challengers to the Sooners for the Big 12 title this fall. Uh, no question about that. And sure, OU can lose this game and still easily make the Big 12 title game. But for OU, it's not about Big 12 titles anymore. They've won five of those in a row. It's about college football playoffs and getting there and finally winning a game. That's how Lincoln Riley is now getting judged. So dropping this game would not be a good look against one of your better opponents. Now they've lost this game before, and they've gotten to the college football playoffs, so it's not make or break. But for OU, you know, any time you roll into this game, it's a big deal. But also, they're doing it this year with a redshirt freshman quarterback, most likely, in Spencer Rattler. So when you have a guy like Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or Baker Mayfield, you know, they had some games under their belts right before their first Red River shootout. Spencer Rattler does not. And Spencer Rattler's walking into this thing with his eyes wide open as a redshirt freshman, completely different beast. And when you're relying on that redshirt freshman quarterback in a game that, you know, you don't have to win, but it's a nice feather in the cap and it's pretty early in the season, it's a big, big deal, big deal. The most important game for Oklahoma State comes October 24th at OU. Mike Gundy is 2-13 and 13 in Bedlam. For all the great things Mike Gundy has done at Oklahoma State and for the Cowboys, 2-13. and 13. Can Gundy get a win this year with arguably his best team since Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman? I mean, can he do it? Well, better. Better, right? Especially when OU is still going to be working in a redshirt freshman quarterback and Rattler that we just talked about. If not now, when? Ideally, the game would be in Stillwater. It's not. But that's really the only thing that you look at in this game and say that OSU is at a major disadvantage. It's that the game is on the road. But Oklahoma State's got the more experienced quarterback, the more experienced skill position players, more returning starters on defense, both sides of the ball for that matter. So if Oklahoma State's going to put itself in contention for that Big 12 title game appearance, then go on the road 
and get over the OU hump that Mike Gundy has been unable to do. Do it. And they'll be in a great spot heading down the home stretch. Texas Longhorns, most important game. Iowa State, November 21st at home. By the way, it's a hell of a two-game stretch to end the season for Texas. Iowa State and Oklahoma State back-to-back. I mean, those two games could determine one of the teams in the Big 12 championship game, if not both. Sam Ellinger versus Brock Purdy, two of the top gunslingers in the conference, could prove to be a, a classic late November matchup. And if Texas can't win this game at home, then depending on how the rest of the season goes to date, that finale against um, Oklahoma State may have totally lost its meaning. So keep a close eye on that one uh, in late November. That's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. For TCU, on the road at Baylor, October 24th. So think about this. You know, TCU was riding high, come to the Big 12, make the first Big 12 uh, conference title game, at least in the second edition of it. And, you know, you got Gary Patterson, your rival Baylor is in the dump. They've got all these scandals. And here we are. And Baylor is now the team that was an overtime away from the college football playoff, just lost its head coach, and is clearly in a better spot as a program than is TCU. I mean, the administration, the boosters, the fans, they can't be happy about that. They can't. And this has turned into a great rivalry game with these two back in the same conference, right? It just has been. So if TCU is going to get back into that Big 12 conversation, got to win this game. And these have been close games. Triple overtime last year was a gem. Five of the last seven meetings have been decided by seven points or less. Uh, getting a big midseason win over their rival will set the Bears back, get the Horn Frogs rolling down the home stretch of the conference schedule. And that's what TCU fans want to get back to doing. The most important game for Texas Tech is at, at home, at home against West Virginia, October 3rd. It's a battle of second-year head coaches, and both programs are in similar spots, right? Matt Wells and Neil Brown trying to size up where these programs are in year two, take that next step, become bowl eligible. They both just missed it last year. For whichever team is going to be bowl eligible, this is a game that you want to lock up. And if Matt Wells cannot get this win, welcoming in West Virginia, who, you know, making that road trip, Morgantown to Lubbock is the longest road trip in the Big 12 bar none. It's a game that Matt Wells, in taking that second step, has got to win early in the season. If they can't get this win against West Virginia, you know, you could be looking at, uh, depending on what happens with the non-conference, right? But you could be looking at two conference wins for the Red Raiders, and that would not be a good stepping stone for Matt Wells. And the West Virginia Mountaineers, the most important game for WVU on the schedule this year, Oklahoma, November 7th. And you might say, West Virginia's most important game is against OU? Yeah. You know why? Because West Virginia has never beaten the Sooners since joining the Big 12 going 0-8. If Neil Brown wants to make a statement in year two, how about beating OU on your home turf? And this might be the year to do it with OU working in that new quarterback. And the game being in Morgantown. It's not going to be easy, but these are exactly the kind of program-defining wins that can lift a program to new heights. Even if you have a five-win season, this can do it late in the year, and it can completely reset the program. So there you have it, the most important game for every team in the Big 12 this fall. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com. More coming up next. 
So what is the college football season going to look like? We just got done talking about the most important games for each team in the Big 12. And the answer is, at this point, mid-July, I've got no freaking idea. No idea what it's going to look like. Pete Mundo with you. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Great to be here with you as we roll through another week, hopefully inching closer towards the college football season. So here's the deal right now. We know the Big Ten and the ACC have decided, hey, excuse me, Big Ten and Pac-12 have decided they are only going to do a conference schedule. And you know what? They want to do that. More power to them. That's fine. But the notion behind what they are doing and the justification behind what they are doing makes little to no sense. Now, in California, I mean, that place is such a freaking mess. It's unbelievable. But in California, I kind of get it because the place is basically shut down because they're insane Governor Newsom. So I I understand why the Pac-12 is like, hey, we can't have USC and UCLA not even being able to, like, practice and trying to play a season starting here in just a few weeks. I get it. But for the Big Ten, yeah, I, I don't really understand it, especially when their justification is to lessen travel and things along, along those lines. You know, I understand not wanting to send a team out to the West Coast in a non-conference game, but you're telling me that Iowa and Iowa State can't play a game? But Iowa can play a game against Rutgers in the Big Ten? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It just doesn't. I don't understand what that's all about. You're telling me those two teams can't hook up for a non-conference game in September? And by the way, this was going to be the time, this was going to be the year that Matt Campbell was going to get over the Iowa hump and he was going to beat the uh, Hawkeyes. Tell me how that makes any sense. How the Big Ten is like, yeah, just conference games. This way we've got flexibility. This way the teams aren't, you know, Traveling too far. Do it on a per-need basis, okay? That's what you should do. Be smart. And I'm not convinced based on what I've seen that the Big Ten guys are, you know, being all that bright. Seriously, I I just, I don't get it. Um, Now, what might the Big 12 do? Well, give Bob Bowlesby credit. He's not going down the road of, well, it's time to cancel all the non-conference games. He's not doing that. And I appreciate him not doing that as of right now. There's no reason to do it right now. Oklahoma, by the way, uh, did you see this from OU? Because we don't get any of the good news, right? We, we don't. Uh, did you see that Oklahoma had 128 football student-athletes, coaches, and staff tested for COVID-19 on July 15th? Zero positive tests? Zero. Now, on top of that, even if some of these young people do end up getting covid They're young and they're super healthy. And for the most part, they're going to have asymptomatic, uh, you know, no symptoms, be asymptomatic, or it'll be like a cold, the sniffles. I'm more worried about if you got a guy on the staff who's older or a guy on the staff who's, you know, got a pre-existing condition, that that individual uh, might be at risk. That worries me far more than, you know, the players. It does. And, And here's what happens, though, when you say this. You get the whole, well, you, you're okay with players dying and they're not even getting paid. And it's like, no, <laughs> I'm just going off of the numbers here, guys. That's it. And if you look at people under the age of 24, they're more likely to be struck and killed by lightning than they are to be, you know, dying from COVID-19. It's just a reality. 
You don't have to like it, but it is a statistic, okay? It is. So what might happen here for the Big 12? Um, Here's an interesting proposal that I saw from a BYU blog called Vanquish the Foe. So BYU has gotten crushed because they play a lot of uh, Pac-12 teams especially. But they are down to only seven scheduled football games for 2020 after the Big Ten and Pac-12 announced last week that they are going to conference only. And if that happens around other parts of the country, that could be really bad for BYU. So here are the canceled Big 12 games so far. So my point is maybe BYU becomes a replacement for some of the lost games on the Big 12 schedule. Right now, TCU at Cal on September 5th is canceled. Iowa State at Iowa on September 12th is canceled. Texas Tech against Arizona September 19th in Lubbock is canceled. And West Virginia versus Maryland on September 19th is also canceled. And um, along with Oklahoma State and Oregon State, don't forget about that one, also being canceled early in the season. Now, the Cowboys uh, had a home game scheduled against Oregon State Thursday, September 3rd. So possibly BYU could fill that role, right? That was the same day that BYU was scheduled to play Utah. So that was going to be at Utah, by the way. So traveling to Stillwater would not take away an extra home game for BYU and would keep a home game intact for Oklahoma State to keep that TV revenue. Boom. That's one point there. And by the way, Oklahoma State-BYU, I think, is a more interesting game than uh, Oklahoma State-Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State has just stunk it up since uh, Mike Riley was there as the head coach. They have been no good. And it also should be noted that Texas Tech and West Virginia – they could be in play as BYU lost games those weekends. And if they're willing to travel, that could be a win-win for all involved. So this might require BYU to be willing to bite the bullet and travel, but maybe you work out a deal here, right? Where, uh, you know, the big 12 team kicks in some money to BYU, or maybe there's a rev share on whatever the TV revenues might be for a given game. I think that might be one way to do it. And one way to, you know, discuss the possibility of BYU filling in some of these holes in the Big 12 schedule and giving themselves as many games as they can as well because they're getting canceled left and right. So I think that that is possibly a a win-win and a way to go uh, for this conference right now as we look at what's going to happen with the Pac-12 and the Big 10 saying conference only for us. I have a hard time seeing the SEC follow that, knowing how much that conference loves its football, right? I have a hard time seeing that right now. ACC, I don't know. I could see the ACC go either way. You know, they've got some southern roots, but they also got, you know, some northeast teams, obviously, that have been in some harder hit areas, Boston College, places along those lines, uh, Maryland. So I don't know what the ACC is going to do. I don't. But I think every conference should have waited at least until the calendar flips to August to make that call. I, I, I just I don't understand the early call on that. Not because it hasn't been a rough couple of weeks. It has. The cases have gone up all over the country, right? But knowing what we know and its impact or lack thereof on young people, I just don't think making this decision right now made a whole lot of sense. I don't, especially when these conferences are so big, you can't tell me it's about lack of travel. When Nebraska and Rutgers are in the same conference, 
you're kind of losing it on me here. When Miami and Boston College are in the same conference, when West Virginia and Texas Tech are in the same conference, when Washington and Arizona State are in the same conference, you're talking about 1,000-plus miles of travel, saying I don't want to do this because I don't want to travel, you know, that's uh, that just doesn't quite sell me. It doesn't. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. But let's see what happens. Let's see how this thing plays out from here. And uh, there still is a lot to be determined on what is next and what it means uh, for the Big 12, most importantly, because that's what we worry about going forward. But this story is, is not over. Coming up, let's talk to our own Derek Duke. He is going to join us, talk about what to expect across the Big 12, how this might play out. And an idea from him coming up next. So Big 12 Media Days, in case you missed it, has been rescheduled. I'm Pete Mundo. Final few minutes on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So Big 12 Media Days was going to be next week on Monday and Tuesday. And it's been rescheduled by the Big 12 for Monday, August 3rd. Um, Bob Bowlesby released a statement, the commissioner, and he said, as everyone is aware, our head coaches and student athletes have not been able to collectively engage in organized team functions since athletic activities were suspended in March. We felt it was prudent to give coaches a chance to reacclimate with their teams prior to participating in our annual season preview event. Now, I have no problem with that. I don't think that there's something there where Bowlesby is trying to, you know, there's an insinuation of, oh, the season's going to get canceled. They move media days. I don't think that's it. I think it is as genuine as what Bowlesby uh, did basically say right there, which is that, hey, guys, you know, let's slow our roll a little bit. Oh, you just got back two weeks ago. They're still testing guys to see what exactly they can do. Uh, let's give them a couple weeks, right? We're doing a virtual media days anyway, right? It's not like hotels have been booked and flights have been booked. All of us in the media are just going to be sitting behind our computers. So uh, let's just push back a couple of weeks and do it right. I don't have a problem with that. I don't believe it's anything more than that. I do not believe that. And I think this is something that we just give the benefit of the doubt to the Big 12 on and say, okay, let's see. Because here's the thing, too. On Monday and Tuesday, we would not have had any answers. Everybody would have been asking, what's the season going to look like? How's the season going to play out? You're just doing the conference schedule. You're not. What are you doing? And the reality is, I don't think anybody would have had those answers. I think it, two weeks makes a big difference. And I think in two, two and a half weeks, will have those answers on Monday, August the 3rd, or at least have a better idea on those answers. Um, so if it gives the student-athletes and the coaches more time to get together, figure out you know what they want to say, how they want to say it, then it's fine. It was a late announcement, yes, it was days before media days, but once again, it really doesn't matter because it was going to be virtual anyway. So more media members are freaking out about this. I'm not because I see logistically why it went down the way it did. And I'm not looking into it any more than that at this point in time. Just not. I will add to this, though, and say that uh, 
you know, I don't know what the season's going to look like. I don't know what the fan situation is going to be like. But Illinois announced that it is doing 20% capacity for football games this year. And there will be no tailgating, masks when in public spaces, uh, social distancing in the stands, all those different things. So 20% capacity. So when I saw this story that Oklahoma State this week is still looking at a full boom picking stadium, you know, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but I would say if I were a betting man, (laughs) I don't think it's going to happen. Because Oklahoma State sent out an email saying, uh, you know, if games aren't played, you obviously want to have to pay for it. If you don't feel comfortable attending games due to the ongoing COVID pandemic, please reach out to the tickets office and address your options. If we must limit our capacity for the 2020 season, you will be able to renew your current 2020 seat location in 2021. So that's what I see happening for Oklahoma State, I, I, I don't think they're going to have full capacity. I don't think anybody's going to have full capacity. That's just my hunch. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think that there are too many deterrents right now. And frankly, I don't think a lot of stadiums could necessarily get full attendance. I, I just, I wonder what that could look like anyway. But a lot of people are saying, well, you know, uh, Oklahoma State's trying to pack in the fans. Look at Stillwater. No, it's just an email saying, hey, guys, if we have a full stadium or if we don't have a full stadium, we'll tell you what that looks like. That's all that was. Uh, Last but not least, before we close out the show, Davey O'Brien Award is an award given to the best quarterback in college football each and every year. And uh, 50% of the Big 12 quarterbacks were put on the preseason award watch list. Baylor's Charlie Brewer, Texas's Sam Ellinger, Iowa State's Brock Purdy, Oklahoma State's Spencer Sanders, and Texas Tech's Alan Bowman. It's amazing that half of the Big 12 quarterbacks made this list, and not one of them is the Oklahoma quarterback, because obviously they got Spencer Rattler most likely, redshirt freshman. You know, he may end up on the midseason watch list, but you can't put a guy that's taken a handful of snaps on the preseason watch list, right? You can't do it, especially when he has not even been named the starter. But the fact that half the Big 12 quarterbacks are on this watch list, which I just find absolutely awesome, tells me that after last year, you know, you weren't quite sure what last year was going to look like at the quarterback position for the Big 12 because you had some turnover there. Um, You know, you had some new faces there. But, man, this conference at quarterback, you think about Brock Purdy, who if he ends up, the Iowa State quarterback ends up as a top 15 NFL draft pick. You know, think about a guy like Alan Bowman, who's just got to stay healthy and he can sling it around. Right? I mean, that's freaking awesome. If he can stay healthy, Bowman's a stud. Then you got, of course, whoever's going to be quarterback of OU. Spencer Sanders has as much potential as anybody at that position for Oklahoma State in a long time. And it just gets gets to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. So kudos to all the Big 12 teams who had quarterbacks on that list. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys have a great week. We're back next week, same time, same place. Please do me a solid. Leave that rating, review, subscribe, and it will uh, really help out this show a lot as we gear up for football season. Trust me, guys, every single one of your ratings and reviews helps us continue to grow this show and add to it, and um, we really do appreciate that. And we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review. 
to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys.